What kind of message should Christians send during difficult times? Like, what should be the things we say to people, uh, maybe people who are hurting, people who are afraid, um, things like that? I think if we ask that question, and a quick answer would be a message of hope, um, encouragement, things like that. And those things are certainly good. But I just want you to know, and what we're going to cover today is that that's not always what the Bible has us say. So that's what we're going to talk about. Let's get into it. Welcome to Faith in Real Life, where we talk about truths of the Bible that are relevant to your life and faith. My name is Obi, and I am the pastor to single adults and men at First Baptist O'Fallon. And I uh, have to confess, I kind of fibbed to you all last week. So I told you at the end of the episode that Bryce McGuire, our student pastor, was going to be uh, doing the episode this week. Well, um, I should say, during a year of COVID, Lord willing, right? Lord willing, something will happen. And I think scripture is pretty clear on maybe we should say that anyways. But uh, he had some, he has a, a big, at the time of this recording, he has a big event this weekend, a reset weekend. And uh, his speaker uh, was unable to come now and, and called in canceled. And so, uh, so Bryson's going to be doing that speaking. And so he's working on those messages and things. And so I'm filling in today. Uh, but I'm excited about it. I've been going through the book of Jeremiah in my own personal time. And uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the book of Jeremiah, but it is a wild book. And uh, the prophet Jeremiah himself just says some really interesting things and has to do some interesting things that kind of fly in the face of how I as a Christian and probably you as a Christian approach chaotic events. Now, if you're familiar at all with the book of Jeremiah, then you'll know that it is during the time of the Babylonian um, besieging of the the nation of Judah and specifically the city of Jerusalem. And so the the events of the book of Jeremiah, they happen at the exact same place as if you were going to read the book of Daniel. And so the book of Daniel starts off talking about King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar besieges the city, and what is going to happen is he's going to abduct really their teenagers, the, the top, um, top of the top, the best of the best, the most attractive, um, the smartest, the most potential to be future leaders, and then they're going to undergo a process of indoctrinating. They carry off the temple treasure. Um, so this is a dark time for the city of Jerusalem, for God's people. And so um, that's where you find the book of Jeremiah. The, the Most of the book is just warnings, or then it actually records the events of this, this destruction of Jerusalem, of of um of when Nebuchadnezzar comes and and they take over the city of Jerusalem. So Jeremiah, think about this. Jeremiah is a prophet in a city that is going to be taken captive, where people are going to be abducted, where as the book of Daniel talks about, the land has become desolate. Right? This is a complete demolishing, a complete um conquest of a city of God's people. So I just want to ask you this, knowing that setting, what kind of things do you think a preacher should say? If we'll, we'll make a comparison, prophet and preacher, um, I know that prophets, they 
foretell future events, and preachers don't usually do that. Um, maybe some have, maybe God spoke a word, but um, but not usually, especially after the New Testament period, right? Um, but we'll make a comparison there, because it's supposed to be someone who speaks the Word of God. We speak the already revealed Word in Scripture. A prophet um, would be speaking what God reveals to them. So a little distinction there, but nevertheless, speaking the Word of God to people. So that's the question I have. Imagine a city besieged. You have the enemy outside the walls. They're, they're surrounding you. What kind of message would you expect a preacher to say? Now, I could think of a few that I'd like to hear. Um, hey, there's these enemies outside the gate. Don't worry. It's going to be um, it's gonna be okay. God's going to defeat them. God's going to send an angel, and he'll wipe them out. Or, hey, we'll get through this. Maybe a message of encouragement. And I think of even this year, in 2020, when we think of um, the coronavirus, when we think of a, a divisive presidential campaign, when we think of racial racial relations, um, all sorts of messages of hope are what we'd like to hear, what we'd always like to give. And and I don't think those are wrong. I, I think it's um, very appropriate to point people to God. But here's the question is, what if God asks you to say something different? What if what if God lays on your heart a truth that you know is going to be unpopular? What if God has you say something that will be the exact opposite of what people want to hear? And so that's what we find in the book of Jeremiah, starting in chapter 37, and, and I'll read a little of 37, a little of 38. It's extremely interesting. So keep this picture in mind. Imagine yourself as a citizen of Jerusalem. The enemy is outside the walls. Um, just imagine I can picture people on walls with with, um, with arrows, and I can picture swords and all those types of things. So imagine a city either in chaos or about to be in chaos to the point where they're about to abduct your teenagers. I mean, this is a terrifying event. We can't, we can't picture that if you live in the city of O'Fallon or somewhere in the surrounding area. It's, it's hard to picture an enemy territory or an enemy coming into our territory and just surrounding us, and they're about ready to take away our kids, our, our teenagers. Well, that's the situation here. So, Jeremiah, I want to hear it's going to be okay. Jeremiah, I want to hear that God's going to send an angel or something to protect us. I want to hear something like that. Well, listen to what it says, Jeremiah chapter uh, 37, verse 9. says, This is what the Lord says, Don't deceive yourselves by saying the Chaldeans, or that's the Babylonians, that's the uh, name they went by, will leave us for good, for they will not leave. Indeed, if you were to strike down the entire Chaldean army that is fighting with you, and there remained among them only the badly wounded men, each in his tent, they would get up and burn this city. wonder if you heard that. He says, even if you struck down all the healthy men, the, the ones who are in the medical tents, the wounded ones, if that's all that were left, even they would come and burn down this city. Even they would come and destroy us. Even they would come and defeat us. Well, he doesn't stop there. He gets put in prison. But then he continues speaking. So uh, when Jeremiah is imprisoned or about to be imprisoned, chapter 38, he says, uh, this is what the Lord says. Whoever stays in the city will die by the sword, famine, and plague. But whoever surrenders to the Chaldeans will live. So he's calling for outright surrender. So again, picture yourself on this the walls of the city or, or maybe you're at a gate with a sword 
uh, at a, on the walls with an arrow, at a gate with a sword, something like that, and or hunkered in your house and, you, and you're terrified. And he says, if you stay in this city, you will die by sword, famine, or plague. So what's the solution? What does our prophet say? What is this preacher who's in our town, who I look to for hope, who I look to for guidance, what does he say? He says, surrender. Surrender to the Chaldeans and you will live. He will retain his life, it says, like the spoils of war and live. This is what the Lord says. This city will most certainly be handed over to the king of Babylon's army, and he will capture it. The officials then said to the king, This man ought to die, because he is weakening the morale of the warriors who remain in the city and of all the people by speaking to them in this way. This man is not pursuing the welfare of this people, but their harm. Now, as a preacher myself, what I'd always like to be thought of as is that I do things with integrity. Um, I, I do want what's best for people. I want them to be reconciled to God. I want them um, to lead a healthy life, of course, um, but, but I care about their spirituality more. So to hear this accusation, this man is not pursuing the welfare of this people, but their harm, that's what they thought. Because you could say, well, he got a message from God that surrender is the best thing. Okay, well, we better surrender. We may feel like that. But that's not how they felt. The officials say this man ought to die. I mean, can you understand that? If you were if you were one of those guys with the sword, if you were one of them with a bow and arrow um, trying to defend your city, if you're a, a parent there and you've got a teenager and you know that that's what the Babylonians do because this isn't the first place they've conquered, you know that this is what the Babylonians do. They come in and they take the best looking. They take the, the smartest. And, and you've got a teenager there and they're going to take your boy. They're, they're going to take him and he's going to, well, we know what's going to happen. For 70 years, the Israelites are going to be in captivity. They're, for 70 years, they're going to be taken off to Babylon. For 70 years, this land's going to be desolate. Now, they don't necessarily know all that, or even when the prophet Jeremiah says it, clearly they don't always believe him. But that's what's going to happen. It's this serious of a situation, and he says surrender. And so their response is, he ought to die. He's weakening morale. Well, of course, that would probably, if you're there to fight, it's going to weaken morale. So I just think of this year. I don't have a prophetic word or anything about this year, um, but I think of all the difficulties um, that have come along with this year and the words we'd like to hear and and absolutely encouragement, absolutely, um, I, you know, I hope we get through it. I hope there's uh, all sorts of things can get better in 2021. But one thing is clear is that God wants us to be faithful to him no matter what. Because I haven't been given a message like the prophet Jeremiah, but I wonder about you, I wonder about me, and I wonder about the moral conviction that we have. See, what they wanted was to be comfortable. What they wanted was to be in their city and protected, but also to live however they wanted to live, because most of the preceding chapters, up to chapter 37, and all those before, a large majority of them before it, are warnings saying, this judgment's coming. You've been evil. You've been in sin. The judgment's coming. So by the time it gets to the conquest of Jerusalem, it shouldn't have been a surprise. But they weren't listening to the word of God. Well, I wonder if God were given this type of message to us, if he had given something unpopular to us to say, would we have the moral conviction to say it? I'm going to say this. We are in a countercultural 
belief. Our faith right now is so countercultural. The name of Jesus Christ is not a name that society at large is going to accept. The name of Jesus Christ is not even what <clears throat> what the news is going to say, hey, that's a thing that people should believe in. When you have um, things in the news like officials being questioned because they tried to evangelize someone or uh, worry about if someone could be unbiased because they're a believer, I'm telling you, we're in a counter a countercultural belief. We're in a countercultural faith. We used to be a Christian society, and I'm not preaching doom and gloom here. I'm not saying, well, it's all over. I'm saying, what is the moral conviction of Christians? What is your moral conviction? There's this man, the prophet Jeremiah, who he is saying to his own people, it's time to surrender. It's time to give up. The enemy is here, and God has said, it's done. And they say, no, we want to fight still. Put this man to death, actually, because He's weakening our morale. He's making the people not want to fight. He's wanting. He's making us want to surrender. Put him to death. Well, they don't put him to death, but they do imprison him. They do lock him up. And so he keeps pre- preaching this message, um, and, and it's continually an unpopular message, but he had the moral conviction because he knew that's what God wanted him to do. And so as we think of the unpopular message that is Christianity these days, and let me tell you, it is. It is an unpopular message. Now, it should be hope. It should be, um, should be guidance. It's the message that is there to save the soul of any who believe in Jesus Christ and turn from their sins. That's the message that it is, but that's not how it's received. Here in the heartland, here in, in the center of America, you will have all sorts of thoughts and beliefs and walks of life that are counter-scriptural. Even in Christian homes, your kids are influenced by messages that are entirely contrary to the gospel, entirely contrary to sound doctrine. And that's not to say, well, hey, even if the the wounded got up, they'd burn this place down. I'm not saying it's hopeless because there is one kingdom that will always survive, and that is God's. As we go through, I've gone through the book of Daniel with my single young adults, um, and again, this is the beginning events of the book of Daniel, I've gone through that, and again and again, the point is that all these earthly kingdoms will fade away, but God's will last. So that's the question I have, as much as um, we may feel doom and gloom for our society sometimes, um, as much as we feel like, oh, the, the people have entirely turned away from God, okay, you know, maybe they have, and, and that is indeed tragic, but our message hasn't changed. Whether or not people are more or less receptive to it, I actually think right now they're more receptive to it. There is um, a clear revival among young people in our nation right now. I think by having the entire world seemingly paused, that there's a, a need to fill it. Instead of filling, filling um, that pause with all sorts of activities, that there's a, a desire for the gospel. So this isn't to say that doom and gloom for society. It's not to say that at all. It's to say the message hasn't changed. And while we may always just want to preach a popular message, a message that feels good, sometimes God's message isn't popular. Sometimes his message won't be received well. Sometimes the people will lock you in prison for saying it. But the question I have for Christians is this. Do you have the moral conviction to say it anyway? Do you have the faithfulness to God? 
to say it anyway. The prophet Jeremiah did, and it cost him. But he said what was right. He said what was good. Imagine if you share the gospel with somebody and it makes you unpopular, but one soul gets saved. It's worth it. So that's my call to Christians, and that's what I think the the witness, the testimony, the story of the prophet Jeremiah leads me to think of is a man that even when the enemy is surrounding, he's saying, here's what God says. Let me tell you, the enemy is surrounded. They're in your house. They're at your school. They're at your work. They're everywhere. And I'm not talking about a people. I'm talking about a, a spiritual warfare. The enemy is everywhere. Sin is everywhere. And the one victor is Christ. Do you talk about Jesus Christ? Do you tell other people about Jesus Christ? That's what I call you to today, is to tell people about your faith. And if you're listening and you don't know about Jesus Christ, let me tell you about him. God tells us in his word that all are sinners. We all fall short of God's standard. But because of that, we've earned death. And the Bible talks about both physical and spiritual death. The spiritual death is separation from God for all eternity in a real place called hell. But Jesus Christ came to this earth, lived a perfect life, and died in our place so that we don't have to taste that second death. And so the Bible teaches in Romans 10.9 that if we confess our sins to him, if we confess that Jesus is Lord, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So if you're watching today and you are looking for hope in this world, that's it. That's the kingdom that will never be destroyed. That's the, the God who never takes his eye off you, who knows all your hurts, all your pains, all your struggles. He is the only real hope. And like the prophet Jeremiah, that's not always popular to preach, but it's right because it's a word from the Lord. And so I hope you receive it. Well, thank you for watching and listening today. Um, I'm not going to give you a promise about next week's show. I'm going to tell you that we have a plan to have two single young adults on, and we're going to continue kind of our series we started with the students where we talk about issues facing a certain people group. And so next week we're going to hopefully talk about issues facing single young adults. Now, I'm going to say Lord willing. That's the plan, though. We'll have something for you. That's the plan, though. Um, well, thank you for tuning in and uh, if you are in the O'Fallon area, then we'd love you to come check out our church. We have two worship services. Um, they're both online or in person. We also have all sorts of small groups online or in person. And you can find out anything about our church at fbcofallon.org. That is fbcofallon.org. And we'll see you next time. 